When the tide rushes in and you feel at home again, there's a peace that purifies your soul. Though you never really know just which way the wind will blow, but I'm sure that I must sail away. Hey everyone, welcome back to Global Blue Nosers, the podcast about everyday people around the world whose lives have been shaped by the province of Nova Scotia. I'm your host, Sean Meister, and today I'm joined by someone who emailed me earlier this month uh, about joining the podcast, and she had a couple goals in mind when she reached out. First and foremost, uh, Lynn Calder is someone with long-standing ties to Nova Scotia and the Maritimes, despite many years living in Quebec, Ontario, and Alberta. And she wanted to talk about that passion for the East Coast. But there was also a bit of an urgency in her email because she's eager to tell all of you listening today about a project to save a Nova Scotia heritage building that actually inspired her to take a red-eye flight back to the province in April to get involved. Uh, and that project has a rapidly approaching deadline. So we wanted to make sure that Lynn got on the show now to tell you all about it so that you can support something that uh, she's gotten very involved in. So I'm not going to go wasting a bunch of time on introductions. We're going to get right into it. And Lynn, thanks so much uh, for reaching out to me. Thanks for taking the time to join me and welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Sean. And, and greetings from Smoky, Alberta. Even before we get chatting, so how are uh, you're in uh, Pincher Creek, Alberta, correct? That's right. So we're in the far south end. So we're quite far away from where the fires are. But uh, the smoke blew in yesterday morning very quickly, and uh, we are we are feeling it here as well. But obviously not as not as much as those who are closer to the action. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, very strong ties between Nova Scotia and Alberta just because of a lot of the, the population mobility be between. So uh, I know everyone's thinking about Alberta out here and really hoping that it's going to be a nice big rainstorm for like two weeks coming up soon, because uh, yeah. I think uh, the province deserves that for sure. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we can use it. Or we'll, we'll even take snow at this time of year. And that's, that's not out of the question. I, I lived in Alberta. I would not be surprised to see snow. So, I mean, a, a snowstorm would be wonderful at this point. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, normally with the show, we start with, with telling uh, sort of your story. But, um, you know, there there was that bit of urgency when you reached out and, and something that clearly was uh, really uh, important to you. So let's get right to that before we get talking uh, about your sort of life story. Tell us uh, a bit about what uh, was the former St. Bernard Church in Digby County and also uh, about the campaign to save it. Right. Um, so the, the former St. Bernard Church um, is, is a it's a former Catholic church. It was deconsecrated, I believe, last year. Um, and it, it uh, was in St. Bernard, which is a very small part, a, a small community on the French shore. Um, for people who don't know where the French shore is, it's between Digby and Yarmouth. I bet you even a lot of Nova Scotians don't get down to that part of the world very often. I, the way I think about it is like if you've come in from the ferry from Digby, you're probably heading north. And if you come in from to Yarmouth, you're probably heading south, and a lot of people never get much beyond Halifax, and you know, especially when you come to, to tourists to uh, Halifax, Lunenburg, Cape mm -hmm. Breton, you know, 
Um, so the French are often gets missed, but it is a beautiful part of the of the province. Um, and so there, uh, so there's this church there, a stone church, a cathedral, really. It's really a basilica um, that the Catholic Church deconcentrated that they put up for sale earlier this year. And, and some people may have may have seen that listing. And when we get to my story, that's how I first found about about it as well. Um, so they put it up for sale in April, and and it got sold. It got sold to uh, a, a partnership of Acadian Acadian Heritage Societies. One is the Heritage, this is Societe Heritage Saint Bernard, the Saint Bernard Heritage Society, uh, which basically has been kind of maintaining the church for and and all its history up to now and then a group uh, an acadian group out of new brunswick called the nation prospère acadie based in where else but Boktouche, new brunswick um, and so these folks partnered up and they successfully made a pitch to the to the diocese to purchase this church um but they also do not have. But so the so the the, I, the church, as some people know, the church went up for sale for two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars, which seems quite reasonable uh, until you read the fine print that it needs many millions of dollars of repairs and obviously also maintenance costs, which is why the church really couldn't afford to maintain it with the dwindling popula population. So this group, these two groups, have gotten together and they're they're they've launched what they're calling a thirty-two day flash campaign because the church itself, I mean, the, the, it's an architectural mark Marvel, um, in and of itself, it was based on a, a church model based in France, took 32 years to build, um, took them 20 years just to haul the stone on a ship from, from Shelburne, uh, and it was built by the locals. Like, so, and you're thinking, so it, they started building it at the turn of the 20th century. They finished building it in 1942. I mean, I'm impressed with both the people and the passion of the, of the, of the priest and maybe all the priests um, who were involved. And it's just a stunning building. And I just looked at it and said, well, this has to be maintained. And I think if I can help this group raise the money, to keep it, I'm really delighted that the that at this point they have a conditional sale, I believe. Um, so they still need to raise the money. I think even for the down payment uh, uh, on the church, much less the repairs. And uh, I'm pleased to see that this society is going to preserve it um, for Acadian culture and 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 consult with the community as to what the future of the building could be. So it is a building that could be kept in perpetuity for the benefit of the people there. So that's what excited me about the campaign. And uh, so, I mean, it was one that, you know, we were chatting before I, I hit record and it's something that I saw the the listing come up and some of the news around, you know, this amazing building coming onto the market for such a low price. And, and like you mentioned, I'm one of those people from Nova Scotia that has not gotten down to the French shore very much. Probably the last time I would have been down that way, I would have been a small child. So, um, you know, to, to learn about that building, I mean, it, it, it's not just impressive like it it absolutely dwarfs everything around it it's massive i mean it looks amazing but you know the the campaign is they're looking to raise i think it's 2.5 million over That's those right. those 32 days and those 32 days are up uh on may 23rd you know it's may 17th when we're chatting the episode's going out tomorrow on may 18th so there's not a lot of time left and and that's that's quite a quite a bit of money to raise so from your standpoint, you know, you're in Alberta, but I mean, from your standpoint, how have things been going from the campaign uh, so far? Well, I've, I, yeah, 
I'll, I will talk about that in a second. First, I would like to point people to a really impressive video that's available on YouTube. If you just Google St. Bernard and Trevor Jones, he's, a, he's a, a filmmaker from New Brunswick that I actually started talking to as well once I saw his video. He's got a three-minute version and a, and a one-minute version, both of which are super impressive um, and can really show you both the inside and the outside of the church. Uh, and to your point, after I saw this listing, so the first thing I thought was, hey, I've got 250000 bucks. I wonder how I can raise the rest and what the heck I would do with this building if I bought it. And the second thing was, I've, I've been there. I've, I'd been to this building. I had been on, I, I used to work for Shell and one of my last projects was to help us uh, doing some offshore drilling off of Shelburne. And my job was the, uh, the social performance advisor or like the socioeconomic specialist. And my job was to find jobs for Nova Scotians. So like you, I also used to talk to myself as the ambassador to Nova Scotia. So I decided to do the trip down the horn from Shelburne all the way to Wolfville on a weekend that I was staying over because I'd never done it. And then I, you know, when I drove up and I, I drove by St. Bernard, I, I did a double take. It, you know, it's that, it, it, you're right. It's that impressive. It's impressive enough when you see pictures of it, but on the ground and it's like, what the heck is a church like this doing in a small community like that? So, I mean, I did remember it and I remembered being, you know, stunned by, by how beautiful it was and where it was and that the fact that anyone had ever managed to get something like that built. Um, so that, so the, I just want to point people to that video, Trevor Jones, St. Bernard, save St. Bernard. Uh, you, you won't regret it. Um, the, uh, the campaign, I talked to, uh, to one of the people at uh, Nation Prosper a little while. And I mean, they haven't raised uh, as much as they'd hope, but they're not worried. They're pretty comfortable that even if they don't make it by Monday um, or Tuesday, they'll, they'll, that the money will eventually come once they gear, gear up. Um, I suspect the first challenge is just to make enough so that they can close on the sale of the property and give themselves confidence that they can get the rest of it and, and perhaps give the diocese confidence too, because they apparently had hundreds of offers for that property over the weekend. I mean, I don't know, even while I was ruminating on how I might be able to buy it, uh, by the time I went back on Monday, the listing had been pulled because I guess they had so much, so much interest. So, I mean, somebody will buy it, but the fact that it's this organization has gotten it and can preserve it for the local community, I think is something that's really attractive and really worth, um, I'd love to see Nova, Nova Scotians and Acadians around the world uh, and anyone else who loves historic buildings, um, you know, take an interest in. And even if everybody listened to this podcast, donated five or 10 bucks, it would make a difference. Exactly. And, and you know, I'll make sure to, to link out to that video in the in the show notes for this episode so people can go right to it and find it. Um, and I think that's sort of the a, a very good call to action is that this isn't, you know, everyone has to donate a thousand dollars type of thing is, you know, put something behind it to preserve something for for a, a really spectacular region of the province um but so i'm gonna say i mean i've so you'd mentioned in your email that you had done the red eye to come out because of this this project i have done that red eye from alberta <laughs> many times my myself um i only did it because it brought me home to nova scotia and to my parents um it you know it's it's not the most enjoyable flight so um so tell me like what what would it what inspired you to want to get on a plane and 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 come out uh, for for this particular project, um, 
Okay. It, what happened was it was actually the sister church in Church Point, the Saint Eglise Saint Marie, uh, that that brought me out to Nova Scotia. So it was basically. So I first I found out about the Stone Church, and then and then when I was looking around, I I found out about Eglise Saint Marie, which is in Church Point or. Uh, Pointe de l'Eglise, and uh, and that the the there had been a heritage group trying to that this is the largest uh, wooden wooden church in North America, which doesn't mean much unless until you've been there. But it's like it's a it's it's again a cathedral based on the model of a stone church in France that the priest from the priest's hometown. So a huge a huge church made entirely out of wood again at the turn of the last century by local farmers and fishermen and carpenters and i mean it's again a stunning building um and so i found out about that and what happened there they had a heritage society that for nine years had been trying to raise money to to save it and they had found out and they decided in december that they they couldn't come up with enough money and they turned the money back to the donors and dissolved their charitable organization and they gave it back to the church and the church was planning to demolish it and i just said no, that's wrong. That, that there's just no way that that should happen. These should be both of these should be world, you know, UNESCO World Heritage sites. I don't understand how how they couldn't be preserved. But of course, they're small populations, uh, and they're far enough away from from Halifax that that people don't, you know, they don't have the population base, and they don't have sort of the fan club that you'd have in in, in any major city. Um, so I just sort of started going again after having gone over the St. Bernard thing. I said, okay, well, I, let me think. Let me think. I, I, I know some people in Nova Scotia. I know people other places. I used to work for a big company. I know some people who've got some coin. Um, I bet I could help raise money for, for that church instead. Um, so I started to cobble together a plan. Uh, and this is again all in my mind. And I said, no, I think I can do this. And, you know, this, I'm not going to say it wasn't going to be easy, but I thought, you know, I've got the connect, you know, I think, Part of it was, so I went to Acadia, you know this, but so I went to Acadia, I studied geology. I did my bachelor's thesis on a very little rock body called the Mavalette Intrusion in Digby, Nova, called in Digby County, Nova Scotia. This has got to be one of the smallest rock bodies in the world, but it happens to be like right there. And it's within a stone's throw of the, of the town of St. Alphonse. So I kind of had this soft spot for Mavalette and this whole region, even though I didn't really spend a lot of time there. I'm from Quebec as well. I speak French. So that probably has a bit of a bit of a connection. Anyway, so I start going over and thinking, oh, I, th I think I need to tell the church I can raise this money. They should not demolish this church. So I hadn't got, around, got very far with this when someone, uh, a millionaire came from Ontario and offered $10 million to save the church. Cause that one was in the same boat. That one was deconcentrated actually several years ago and had already been used as a community facility, but the roof was in such a bad shape that they have, have already, you know, shut it down and are not using it. Um, so then this, this uh, person came up with 10 million to save, to save that church on the condition that it stay a church. And I said, okay, that's interesting. I was thinking of it more as a cultural community facility, but that makes it really. And they're going, and then they're going to have a bunch of public meetings next weekend to discuss the future of the building and whether we should accept this donation. And I thought, well, I come actually the, the last one at the end of my shell career. My other area is public consultation and stakeholder engagement. And I thought, well, that's going to be an interesting process. I wonder how that'll go. And it really, so this is like a week and a half. And then I thought, well, good. Phew, I don't have to spend my summer, you know, killing myself to raise money for this church because someone else has stepped forward. But I'm really curious about this process. I did. I think I, 
I'd really like to go to those public meetings. This is Saturday. I found out about it. By about Monday, I'm thinking, you know, I really should go to those public meetings. And I like, you know, it's coming up the, the weekend. And then by Tuesday, I'm going, I got to go to these public meetings. I like, it sounds crazy. Um, my husband goes, you're not going to Nova Scotia tomorrow. Like, I, 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 I think I am. I think, I think I am. And so like the next day I said, yeah, okay. I, I'm like, I think all I said was, I'm thinking about no, to going to Nova Scotia for these public meetings. And I don't think he believed that I was actually going to do it. But so then the next morning I said, yeah, I, I've decided to go and I've uh, just booked my flight. What? What? Uh, and I ended up on the red eye mostly because it was the only nonstop I could f- get a ticket for. And, uh, and like all, I was traveling on points. Like, what's the point of being retired and having points if you can't use them, right? <laughs> and, and like, I need an excuse to go to Nova Scotia. So, so I ended up on the red eye, land at Halifax Airport, five o'clock in the morning, um, which is like two hours before the rental cars are open and just enough time to, for you to second guess as you're sitting at the Tim Hortons at, at the airport wondering what the heck you're doing here and was this like a really bad idea and uh, but then you know at that point I'm committed <laughs> so, so anyway so I ended up you know visiting friends you know while I'm there visiting people I knew in Wolfville and I went up to Malagash Point and visited somebody up there and boy it's, I tell you it's a long way from Malagash Point to uh, the French Shore I was thinking I could make it in like three hours it took me six I think um you know, it's a, and, and you know what I realized, I said, I think the thing about Nova Scotia is that uh, nobody, it's, it's obvious nobody ever does that drive all in one go. Cause there's not a single friggin' rest stop the whole, the whole way on highway 101. Um, anyway, I have to, I have to, if you know somebody in transportation, you might want to talk about that. So, <laughs> so, so I did what everybody else did. And I, you know, I stopped off at the Irving, had a pee in Wolfell actually, a new minus. <laughs> in New Minas, made it there to Mavalette because I, I stayed at the this uh, motel that I like to say right on the beach, the, the Cape View Motel in Mavalette. Um, luckily, I'd been there before because it was pitch dark by the time I land, like nine o'clock on Friday night. And uh, it's like, oh my goodness, this is nuts. But it, it was again, one of those fortuitous things where it, it's a resort I'd, I'd stayed at before in Mavalette only because I did the, the, my thesis there. And I thought, you know, now that I've, you know, I'm a grown up, I can afford to stay in places and it's really like a, a quaint place it's just it's just basically a motel with some cottages on right on the beach there near the Mavalette Provincial Park anyway I called them up and there was I couldn't book online so I called them up and I said geez I wonder you know I was wondering if I get a booking and she said you know what we're closed for the season but we have one room available that, that we've that we've renovated for them because we're renovating and the, we we renovated this moon, moon room to show the manager so i thought well isn't that a stroke of fate so i said well i guess i guess i have to it was another one of those well i guess i have to go right like it's just i had to go anyway so i ended up down there and i went to the public meetings and they really were fascinating this was again about the the wooden church um and they decided to accept the money of course because why wouldn't you um, and, uh, and then it was only after that, that the St. Bernard campaign launched. And I said, well, I guess we'll just shift gears back to St. Bernard. So that's, that's my story. I mean, that there, there's so much to pick out of that. Um, first the, the thing that actually, oddly enough, and this is, this probably says more about me than anything. The thing that pops out about that to me is a, a tip for anyone going around rural Nova Scotia, always do a phone call. 
if you don't rely entirely on online bookings it's amazing what can happen when you pick up the phone and call some place that you're going in rural nova scotia um always the number one tip i say for people coming from the city is just because something says you can't do it online doesn't mean you can't call and get it um okay so th- that is that is a, a, an incredible story and the the campaign for saint bernard like i said ends on the the 23rd but don't wait people shouldn't wait till the 23rd um if it even if it's past the 23rd and you're listening to this, there'll be a link and you can go and check it out and find a way to, to give money. So everyone that's listening, it is a spectacular building. Check out the video I linked to, check out the pictures. Um, but I think what I really want to dig in now is after hearing all of that, I, I now I do really need to hear the story of where Nova Scotia fits into your life. You you talked about it a little bit there, but maybe give us give us a, a bit more of the, the Coles Notes version of how did Nova Scotia become such a core part of, of who you are? Right. Um, so I went to Acadia from 77 to 81. Um, and the, I was just came from Montreal. And the reason I chose Acadia uh, was twofold. First of all, I, my father grew up in New Brunswick. Uh, we used to spend summers in the Maritimes. It was I had a very fond spot of uh, you know, soft spot for uh, coming to the Maritimes, spending time by the ocean, and all of that. I think growing up, which factored into a decision to look eastward when looking to university. Um, my sister went to UNB, so I didn't want to go there. Um, and so, and her boyfriend went to Acadia. Uh, he lived in barracks. And so I kind of did a, a trip out east, a, sort of a scoping trip, and visited her in, in, in Fredericton, and I visited him in Wolfville. And I liked it. And and just and and in the day, I don't know if they still do it anywhere. They let you come out of Quebec in grade from grade eleven if you did a four year degree. Um, so not like the bigger universities like Dalhousie didn't do that, but, uh, nor the ones in Ontario. But but uh, some of the Nova Scotia and, and New Brunswick universities did that. So so I was able to come early. Um, so I spent my four years uh, in Wolfville, loved it, lived at Seminary House. And always had a soft spot for, uh, and I've probably said that a few times for Nova Scotia and like. Every I've had a few opportunities um, with with Shell to cover to work in in the Maritimes and in Nova Scotia and and always managed to somehow wangle my way onto that team. So because that was always fun and 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 every time I come back, it's a it's a you know I just get off the airplane and I, I I'm in my happy place. And I used to say I I don't know whether I'm nostalgic for Nova Scotia or nostalgic for being 20 again. Uh, could could be a little <laughs> bit of each, um, but certainly I had happy times there. And I also uh, lived in Halifax for uh, for a year after I graduated. I worked for a little renewable energy company in Dartmouth, lived in the South End, took my bike or walked across town, uh, took the ferry ride against the traffic to Dartmouth, which was super fun. Um, and I think I described that in your, in your feed this morning as the best commute I ever had. Yeah. Um, so... Always said I could live in Halifax again in a heartbeat, and uh, so it's just never quite let go. I'm like not born and raised there, and I do know that uh, you know every other Nova Scotian I have met everywhere else always wants to go back. It seems it's a thing, um, but uh, so I'm yeah definitely still from away, but uh, you know still maintaining that tie. And I think now um, I've just launched this new nonprofit to revitalize rural communities based in Pincher Creek. Uh, and we are looking beyond um, Pincher Creek and our local Southwest Alberta area. And I uh, would not be surprised if Nova Scotia ends up being our first sort of cross Canada project. And I would be delighted about that. 
it it's so funny as uh and i i often find that people that come and do university i i very much consider anyone that comes and does university in nova scotia to be part of that broader nova scotia community um and it's funny how it really it, it kind of latches onto your soul when you once you start getting around here and and you said it earlier and you said it in your message to me about how you know you've kind of always been or felt like this ambassador for Nova Scotia as you go as you've gone through your life after you left the province so what was it and like you say maybe it was that you're you're longing for those days in Acadia again but what was it about and what is it about the province of Nova Scotia that that kind of sticks with you that that kind of has become part of your identity as you've gone through your life i mean it's got to be the ocean and the fact that you are never what did i say is it 50 miles or something from the ocean wherever you are um and i think and and i mean i can tell you if i spend week in nova scotia i'm going to start talking with it with an accent um but uh it's uh and, and i mean it's just such a more relaxed pace of life i mean i live in rural alberta so i mean i i understand low-key uh but i've done the city thing as well um and it's just you know, I mean, it's cliche, but the people are friendly. Uh, it's a lifestyle. I have, I have friends. I have to admit, I had friends from uh, University of Waterloo who decided. I was so impressed with them. They decided once they graduated, they were going to get in a van and drive around North America, not just Canada, and drive around North America and and decide where they wanted to live, and then they were going to figure out where to make a living. And guess where they ended up? Shelburne, right. Nova Scotia. Shelburne. Shelburne. Interesting. And so not the easiest place to make a living from, but they made it go and they are still there. I'm going to say 40 years later. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was uh, just down, I was down towards Shelburne just this past weekend. So, I mean, it, it is a beautiful part of the province. Um, that's amazing. They, they travel around North America to end up in Shelburne. That's, so, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're, so we're both Acadia grads and and you mentioned that, um, as, as part of that link back to the, to the province, are you still active in the Acadia community at all? Well, funny, you should mention that. Um, you know, I would say I haven't been, I went to a couple of, of, um, alumni events in Calgary, but I found I was like 10 years older than almost all of the people who were going. It tended to be more recent grads that go to those things. So I, I didn't find it was a fit for me. But I have reconnected with, with my SEM residents. Um, we did a reunion, had a reunion there uh, four years ago um, at, for Seminary House. Because as you, as, as you know, the res, if you lived in residence, the residence was really a – I mean, that and Musicadians were probably my two – you know, I also got a geology degree while I was there, but those were the two things that I really spent my time doing, um, much to the chagrin of my first year biology professor who who didn't understand why I only got, I think it was 36 in one of my, oh, it was the first time I ever failed an exam because I'd been all nights up all night sewing costumes for Musicadians. Um, so that was a bit of a wake up call that this wasn't high school anymore and I wasn't going to be able to, to coast through university. Um, so uh so, so I got it connected with with that group, and I went down to uh, to, to uh, Wolfville uh, four years ago, and I agreed, as it turned out, to organize the next reunion, which will be next summer. So, so I am now, uh, I guess, the official organizer for our twenty whatever that is twenty twenty five uh, reunion. Um, 
So we'll be, I'll be going, I'll be there next summer as well. And I, so I also said, okay, if I'm going to run it, then I get to go when I want. Right. So, so I've lined it up again, back to the French shore to, to line up with the Festival Acadien de Claire, which is a big music festival that's held at the end of, uh, at the beginning of August. Uh, and next year happens to be the World Acadian Congress, which is being held there. Every five years, they have this great big Acadian reunion somewhere in the world. And next year, it's going to be in Nova Scotia. Um, so I'm hoping to take that in, as well as this fabulous quilt expo in Sonyville at the, chur- at the church in Sonyville, if only because the, the ch- inside of the church is so beautiful. And unless you actually go to mass, you don't get a chance to see it. Um, and my mom was always into quilts, so I had any excuse for that. So if I can line up my Acadia reunion, I said, and, and some of you maybe can come with me. We can go down to Claire and uh you know extend our little weekend in Wolfville and have a blast so that's that's the plan so any of you listening from my uh from seminary house from 1977 to 82 or whatever years we picked it was somewhere in there make sure you come to the reunion and then we can tack on a little extra vacation time if not declare somewhere else because this time we're going to plan it further ahead and hopefully people will have time to uh you know to make a real Nova Scotia vacation out of it yeah, re- reunion plus road trip. That sounds like a like a great combination. Exactly. You know, maybe you know we may have to adopt you. You're you know you're a little behind. <laughs> you know, in your class. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm always up for an adventure. So I mean, keep me on the list. It's okay. uh, and it, and it is funny because I for that's one thing I loved about Acadia was it you know as a small university. Uh, and even like when I went, most people started off in residence, which is like, I knew so many people that went to bigger universities that they went right into living into apartments or, and living off campus. And I lived half on in residence. I was in Eaton house, um, and then half, uh, off campus. But I, I really found that really strengthens the tie to the, to the community there because I mean, living in residence, it's, uh, it's such a unique experience to, to sort of be living right next door to people. And it creates those, I mean, clearly, you know, really strong relationships for years. Oh yeah. I mean, and even again, getting back to these camp, these uh, campaigns for St. Bernard and St. Marie, I started, you know, clocking off who are all the people I knew from, from Acadia and where did they live? You know? And I thought, Oh gosh, I think I remember Lloyd lived in Clare. And I think Dave went to, to University St. Anne lived in from, from church point and you start rattling them off and then you go, so-and-so's here. I said, I bet you that with this network, we could, we could, we could do this. And so, and, and, and it gives you an excuse to look them up again, right? Well, you, you haven't really kept in touch. I mean, thanks goodness for Facebook and, and link. And now I'm using LinkedIn in a way I never did before. I always thought it was a waste of time. Um, but you know, now that I'm looking to connect with people all over, it's, uh, it's actually kind of interesting and fun to connect up. So yeah, oh, I'm also should mention, I, so I am going back to Nova Scotia in June. Um, Oh, I, I, I don't know. I should mention this, but I'm afraid too many people will call me. I just bought a cottage. While I was down there, I bought a cottage. <laughs> I was going to mention it. So you got to put it out there because oh, I was okay, going to yeah. put it out if you didn't. Okay. Yeah. So like, I, while I was up there, I, I couldn't help myself. Um, somebody I, again, was had worked with, had just put it up on Facebook just the same week I was kind of planning my trip. And I said, oh, I'll go have a look at it while I'm there. Uh, and I did. And I said, wow, other than the fact that it's like completely the opposite end of the country, it's pretty much perfect. Um so, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually now, this is, so this is also a little bit of a, it feels like a little bit of a crazy thing to do when you're in Alberta, although I'm not the only Albertan I know who has a place down there. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be heading down there first of June, going to Wolfville to see Jesus Christ Superstar, 
the stage profits are putting that on uh, first weekend of June. I don't know if there's any tickets left. Uh, and then uh, I plan to, at the very least, spend the summer, June, uh, July and August in Nova Scotia. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be a kick. And, and is that kind of the hope is that going forward, you'll be able to start spending sort of that annual trip kind of coming out and, and hanging out at the cottage here in Nova Scotia? That's the thinking. I mean, originally I thought I could do six months here and six months there. Um, once I got home, I thought, well, that's actually very, just it makes it difficult to have a life in either place. And then I started this nonprofit and bought a building in downtown Pincher Creek. And then I thought, okay, I guess I really do. I'm going to keep my roots here as well. So, well, on the surface, this seems a little unmanageable. I don't know. I mean, I used to travel back and forth when I was working, so it's not that it's not that long of flight. Hopefully, I won't have to catch the this. The next one is not the red eye. I'm not doing that any more than I have to do. Um, but uh, but yeah, and if I mean, if I go for the summer, and I imagine I could do just short trips, you know, spring and fall as well, and we'll we'll kind of see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, and I, I again. From, from my experience, if as long as it's a direct flight and if it's not the red eye, it's not that bad of a, of a flight. So um, it's it's once you got a connection that I always didn't like it. But if you can do the direct and uh, no, I think that's 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 more than manageable. Yeah. Well, I used to live in Toronto and uh, I used to fly back and forth from Alberta to Ontario reg- on a regular basis. And I said, you know, I just did the math and like I was dry- flying to, to and from Calgary um twice a month. And I said, you know, I spent more time sitting on the 401 in Toronto, driving to and from work on a daily basis than it took, than it's taking me to fly back and forth to Toronto from Calgary. So, so sometimes you just, especially depending on if you live in Vancouver or Toronto or any, you know, the burbs anywhere there, you know, two or three hour commute isn't that unusual. So what's a, what's a long plane trip once in a while? Yeah, I, I I spent many many an hour in the uh, in traffic around the Toronto area, so I can relate to that uh, from my time living there as well. So um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd rather be moving in a plane than sitting on sitting on the QEW with a four hundred one for sure. Um, so you know, you you've recently made the trip back home and you've done it, you know, back here a few times. Um, what's that feeling like when you when you come out of the Halifax airport? You know, what's it feel like when you're when you're back in Nova Scotia? I, I th- to me it's you just you just breathe it it just it's a, you just re- it's just a you take a deep breath and and you smell the fresh air and it's just it's just a feeling like I mean I I do feel like I'm coming home you know you, you called it home it does feel like coming home yeah and and certainly every time I drive towards the valley and see Cape Blomin and Lumen over the distance that it's just you know that was the that was the big you know, every, every year or every, every, you know, whenever you'd leave and you'd come back, that was sort of the big, big sort of welcome home sign. And actually on this last trip that I took, I somehow accidentally ended up avoiding the major highways altogether. I think my GPS put me on the shortest route rather than the longest or the the quickest route. So I ended up doing highway ones and, and all the byways. And what a delightful little, little trip that was instead of, you know, doing the straight, you know, the straight, you know, fast run through Truro um, ended up seeing lots of parts of Nova Scotia that I didn't know. So, I mean, I think there's, there's plenty of Nova Scotia to discover, um, you know, that when you, when you get off the beaten track as well. Oh, it's, it's a great province to get lost in. Like it's, it's, you, you, you kind of, you kind of want to, because it, you come across the little towns and stuff that, that maybe 
again, you know, for people that are coming and visiting, it's like, you know, they do the Lunarbergs and, and uh, they go up to Cape Breton and they do something, but it's like, there is something to be said. And I've obviously got a soft spot for the Valley from my Acadia days, you know, weaving in around some of those side roads in the Valley and coming across a little spot you've never heard of is it's a really unique experience. Um, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to do. So, um, yeah, you're, maybe the GPS just knew, knew what you needed in life. I, I decided I was going with the flow at that point. I said, okay, I'll be, I'm going to be two hours late for my meeting. What the heck? No, they're they're not in a rush. I'm not in a rush. Um, let's let's uh, let's just trust the universe here. And no, it was it was delightful. I I had such a good time. No, that that's amazing. So, um, yeah. So I mean, in, in terms of so, there's there's usually some questions I ask everybody when they, when they come on the show. Um, and we've talked a little bit about it, but you know, kind of curious uh, if you're. If you're recommending to people you know out in Alberta or somewhere else, you know, to, to take a trip out to Nova Scotia, where are you telling them to to look for a hotel, or where are you looking, telling them this is where you need to go and 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 get the the true experience? Well, I mean, I I, I have to send them to Bay Saint Marie um, because I think I, I mean, especially if you've already done, especially if you've already done Halifax, Peggy's Cove, you know, Lunenburg and Liverpool and Cape Breton or any of the above, and and. Those are all lovely. I do not. I, I have many recommendations for for enjoyable stuff there. But if you can get to Bay Saint Marie, especially like I love. I guess from when I was a kid, my dad lived on Deer Island, New Brunswick, and we always used to take the ferry. So I've always had a bit of a love affair with ferries, and I took my commute from Halifax on the ferry. So if you could, if you were like coming from the states or coming from New Brunswick by car. Um, you know, take the ferry from Digby or Bar Harbor. I, I was surprised how short I haven't done it, but it, it's, it's a short run. It's only two and a half hours from St. John uh, yeah. and and three and a half hours from Bar Harbor um, or Bahaba, as I believe they like to say. Um, apologies to my American friends or anybody <laughs> listening. You can correct my pr- pronunciation. Um, and then, you know, they, there's you could they, they have some great. Uh, you know, tourism information available online. There's an information, uh, base, the rendezvous base at Marie and church point is a, a wonderful visitor center there. Um, you could either do like a heritage, a church heritage tour. And if any of these churches were open, you should absolutely go inside if you, if you could, or, or even attend mass, um, which I did uh, on the Sunday just to see the inside of the church. Um, and they were very welcoming, um, uh, and, and appreciate anything you can put in the collection plate, by the way. Um, and or there's also this art art de la Bay. You can do like an art tour. Uh, if I had more time, I would, uh, you know, go cycling. They have these rails to trail of a rail. One of the rails to trails um, uh, bike bike paths is there or kayaking. You could rent a kayak. And I, one thing I did do when I did do my circle tour where I saw St. Bernard's, I went whale watching. And that was oh, fabulous. Okay. That that's that would you actually have to go like on the isthmus from Digby. So if you're coming in from Digby, instead of going heading down to the French shore, you head up and you go down the isthmus um, to Briar towards Briar Island. And there's a few places that are that have whale watching there. Um, and then of course I'd I'd want to find a place for rapi pie, um, which is a, a traditional Acadian dish. We I got picked some up there with a new friend that I met at the public meeting uh, at the Como uh, farmer farm market across from the liquor store in Matagan. Uh, and there's a really good restaurant across from the Sonyaville Church that's called uh, what is it called? I had a note on that one, Cuisine Robichaud. Uh, and I'm told you actually that is so popular you do have to book ahead. Um, and so, and, and you could probably get a lobster dinner there. Uh, the people there say it's the best lobster in Nova Scotia. 
I expect everybody says that from their own district, but I, I, I will hopefully this summer get a chance to test that, test that out when I'm down there for the music festival. Well, if if you ever do the on one of your trips out, if you start kind of doing the drive around, you can compare the lobsters, and we'll do an update show where you just say, okay, which, which do a ranking and see if you can really stir the controversy here locally. See, yeah, there we go. We can start start to have we'll have to, to go voting or something like that. Yeah, little little. Uh, where's the best lobster in Nova Scotia? I'm sure you're going to get some comments on that down below. I I'm scared to look. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and so, I mean, you you mentioned mentioned Rappy Pie, and that that was one that was new to me. I remember when I came home, I tried it for the first time. I never tried it growing up here because I grew up inland on a beef farm. So, you know, what was sort of common down in the more southern parts of the province, I I did not know. My daughter, who was very young at the time, loved it. Um, so you mentioned that, but it, you know, if there are some. What are some of the other, you know, foods that you get when you're out here that if you could just you know, snap your fingers and have them in Pincher Creek right now, what would they be? From Nova Scotia. Oh, you know what? Um, there's this Dutchman's Cheese Mark, Cheese Farm. Um, mm-hmm. They had, I think they had a cheese called the Growler or something like that. Um, they have a bunch of really neat cheeses. It's in Economy. Which is one of the oh, coolest, okay. the coolest named places in Nova Scotia. I can't remember if it was economy, lower economy, or upper economy, but one of those economies. Um, and yeah, I would like to be able to get that cheese uh, where I live here. That's a great choice. Um, there's there's quite a few really nice little like cheesemakers around around the province, and um, but that's one I I haven't actually I haven't been up to economy. I can't remember when. So that maybe that's a good excuse for me to take a drive. Um, they have a petting zoo or, or a farm there for your kids if your kids are still young enough. Even better, my daughter would love it. Um, no, that's that's great. I think anytime you can get more cheese in your life, and if it's cheese from Nova Scotia, that's a good choice. Um, well, I'm I'm looking at the time here, Lynn, and I and I I want to I want to make sure that uh, I give you your day back because uh, you just launched a nonprofit and you've got more than enough things to do yourself, um, but. I want to, I really just want to say thanks so much for, for reaching out to, to a, you know, offer to come on to the show, but to identify something that's, you know, really important to, to you and to a, a really special part of the province and is important, important to the entire province, um, around the, the St. Bernard church. And, uh, and I'll make sure to, to put all of the links to that in the show notes. So thanks so much for reaching out about that. Thanks very much. There is, if you want the, the direct link to, uh, you know your e transfer. It's ad, ad, and I'll put it in the in the notes. Admin at anacadie.ca. That's a d m i n at a n a c a d i e dot c a. And that that will get you right to the uh, uh, electronic uh, money transfer. Sometimes it's a little hard to find some of these things. They also have Facebook groups. Uh, both both National Prosper Acadie and the Saint Bernard Heritage Society both have Facebook groups where they're posting stuff. And every Friday they uh, they they give a report on how much money they've raised. So uh, let oh, let's perfect. see if we can help them uh, up that number this Friday. I think that's a very good call to action. So everyone listening, uh, you know, check it out. Uh, you know, whatever you can, give a little donation to help because it, it is a spectacular uh, building and and a great community. So uh, give your support, whether you're here in the province or living somewhere else. Um, so thanks so much, Lynn, for that. And uh, you know, keep me in the loop if I if I get to be part of the seminary uh, tour. Uh, yes, there'll be a whole slew of people to interview. You might need a whole week. Of, you get a whole month of podcast out of that one. 
Even, I mean, even better. Maybe we do a group one and see how crazy it can get. Oh my god, that that w- that will be hilarious. <laughs> All right, we're, we're putting that as tentative, and uh, everyone can get prepared for who knows what's going to come. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. Thanks, well, thanks so much, Lynn. I'll talk to you again really soon. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. So that came together quickly. Um, yeah, as you probably heard in in the recording, so Lynn and I uh, we got connected uh, a little while ago, but you know, coordinating to to do the actual episode took a little bit of time, had a few technical difficulties along the way, but we finally had a chance to to connect earlier today. But as you heard, earlier today means the day before releasing the episode. So it's been uh, a bit chaotic here tonight doing the editing and pulling everything together. But uh, I'm really glad that that we were able to make it work because that was a really fun conversation and a great cause that, that Lynn wanted to, to bring to everyone's attention because those types of heritage buildings, especially in, in rural Nova Scotia, they, they really are part of the foundation of, of the community's identity. So seeing those be saved and preserved. Um, that's really, really important, uh, really valuable to, to small towns in, in Nova Scotia. But I, the thing I really wanted to point out was, I think Lynn is a great example of why, for me, my definition of, of who a global blue noser is, is kind of broad. You know, as, as Lynn said, she's, she didn't, she's not born and raised in Nova Scotia. She came here to go to Acadia. She had some connection to the Maritimes to her dad and everything, but look at how, you know, she graduated from Acadia in 81, uh, spent some time in Halifax working, but you know, she's been away for a long time and yet she's still motivated, driven to do what she's doing, not just for the St. Bernard Church, but for other causes she hears. And like she said, in her, her new enterprise, her new uh, nonprofit, she sees potential to to use the learnings from that to, to come out and, and apply that in Nova Scotia she's just constantly looking for ways to get back to, to the province. So what the, what the city is on your birth certificate doesn't identify always who you are. Um, it's very much what, uh, what you make of life and, and the impact of places on, on you. And I think Nova Scotia is a place that if you spend any amount of time here before too long, you start identifying this as home too. So uh, I think that's a really important thing for everyone to remember. So great conversation with Lynn. Uh, like I said, you know, I'll put the, 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 all the links in the show notes. Give if you can, uh, because it's an amazing building uh, in an amazing part of the province. Thanks, Lynn, for bringing that to our attention. Global Blue Nosers is a Some Good Media and Entertainment production. It's hosted, edited, and produced by me, Sean Meister. Our theme song is I Must Sail Away from Lunenburg-based band Black Matilda. You can find the show on Instagram at Global Blue Nosers and on LinkedIn at the Global Blue, Blue Nosers podcast. If you enjoyed the show, uh, I'd love to see those five-star reviews come flooding in. And even more importantly, uh, how about you send the episode link to today's show to a friend or a family member who might enjoy Lynn's story. If you are a Global Blue Noser who loves this province why not do what Lynn did and send me an email to see if you could join as a guest in a future episode. All my details are in the show notes below. Thanks again to Lynn for telling us her story uh, and sharing more info about the St. Bernard Church campaign. 
Next week, you're going to meet Blue Noser, entrepreneur, and just all-around nice guy in Dallas, Kwame Watkins. Thanks uh, again for stopping by, and I will see you next week. <laughs>